Hello and welcome back, finally, to season two of the Third Millennium Church podcast. I'm your host, my name is Garrett Gerhardt, and with me today is the Josh Carmen. How you doing, Josh? Good, man. How's it going? Man, good. I'm so excited to be back doing uh, the podcast. Almost kind of back by popular demand. Uh, a lot of people were wanting to know some of our takes on what's happening in the world with church, and they wanted they wanted season two, and so here it is. Dude, you got to give the people what they want. <laughs> That's there's right. No, there's no way to get away from it. That's right. And that kind of um, inspired us to uh, change up the format a little bit in the sense that be fully okay with uh, the first, I think, nine episodes that we put out being season one. Um, take a break, maybe longer than we wanted to, but come back with season two. Um, film a, a handful of episodes, and when it feels like uh, we want to shift gears and, and uh, take a break because of family stuff or church stuff, then then we'll take a break and come back with another season. How's that sound? Yep, pretty good to me, man. Great. Well, we are here doing this episode in this season because a lot have changed um, in the world around us, in the church with the uh, coronavirus um, that's now become a global pandemic and something that I, I never, I don't think we'd ever thought we would live through. And we're going to get into uh, how that has changed the church and how I've been saying the last couple of weeks, the church will probably never be the same forever. But Josh, I want to hear from you really just how it's changed your life and uh, what's been going on being stuck at home. Yeah, so it was weird. When I first got the shelter-in-place order in our area, there was this idea that things were going to get a little bit smoother, right, because we were able to, uh, we were all going to be able to work from home, and things were going to get a little bit more streamlined because we didn't have to go to the office uh, and worry about, you know, driving or being in Southern California everywhere, like, at least 20 minutes away. So it felt like it was going to be more efficient. But uh, the exact opposite has happened. Uh, things have become way more chaotic. There's a lot more moving parts that we've had to analyze and organize through. Uh, our organization and church specifically has had to figure out how to navigate uh, what all of these different uh, streamlining ideas look like when we have so many moving parts that make a weekend service happen, right? And so it's just been this incredible journey of, of trying to uh, think creatively, right? Craig Rochelle has this idea of like uh, thinking inside the box, right? And like letting your parameters and limitations cause you to be uh, effective and efficient, right, and valuing impact over efforts and these kinds of things. And I've noticed that I've really had to <clears throat> kind of hone in on that specifically because it's like now we're fully digital. And as somebody who is a you know digital native, there's this desire to have wanting to take the church in this direction for a long time. So it's like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, you you got what you want, not the way that you wanted to get it, of course, but the idea is like it's here. So now what are you going to do, right? So I've just felt this looming pressure uh, that has existed on me every day to make sure that we're like just doing our absolute best to crush it in every way shape and form because you know digital digital discipleship is a very hard task to accomplish yeah yeah for sure um i'm in a very similar situation i, I keep joking that uh, maybe god has prepared me for this exact moment uh in time if you look back at even season one we we had a uh, at least three of our guests were people who consider themselves online pastors, online yeah. missionaries. Yeah. And we were like and we were like, yeah, man, online digital communities is like a total legit form of discipleship, evangelism, but it was an option, right? Like it wasn't yeah. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. way. Yeah. And now it's the only way. <laughs> That's exactly right, dude. Uh, and then they're That's looking exactly at me, right. they're like, what should we do? And I'm like, well, uh, I, you know, I thought we would lead into this transition as a church. And uh, now we got to make this flip in in one week. Uh, that's going to be a challenge. And um, 
but like you, I felt this call to like make sure that we do it well. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I kind of saw. You may have seen this too. There was this in the church world, and I, I say this with grace because this transition was very difficult. But there were some pastors who were like, "All right, well, all my events are canceled, and I'm just kind of chilling. Like anything I can do, you know." And I was like, putting in the, the longest week I'd ever put in two weeks ago. Right. Yeah. 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 Most definitely. Because Most we had definitely. to scramble to get an online service. We had to scramble mm-hmm. to like change the website. We had to create content, you know, like it was, you saw this stark difference for those who were involved in some form and even student ministry, for example, you guys are having to change the way you did things or involved in communication and the other side of ministry where people were like, well, the things that I used to do uh, can no longer be done. And there was a little bit of a, of a hesitation and kind of this, this, um, I wouldn't say they're dragging their feet, but there was just this hesitation to jump into the new because there was no one knew what to do yet. Yeah, and and the unknown is a very scary spot to kind of occupy, and that's really what we're venturing into. It's like, how do you maintain? Because there's really very pragmatic things and issues that need to be addressed, right? Like, what are we going to do about giving? What are we going to talk about? Like, if Easter gets canceled, you know, what are we going to look at in terms of how do we measure success now? Because for a lot of us, you know, even no matter how much experience you have in the digital space, the idea of trying to process your success and your numbers particularly can be a little bit nebulous unless you're like really into the algorithmic understanding of what each thing does and what each, you know, metric represents. And so just because you put a video out there that picked up over a thousand views, it doesn't mean that it was impactful at all. But the number 1,000 sounds great, sure. right? If we had a thousand people in the seats, that would be an awesome thing. So it's like everything has to shift and then you have to get like, platform specific you know what's the what's the particular height of an instagram story versus an instagram post and how do you make sure that all of your stuff is coming across well so it's such a daunting thing and for any pastor or any person who's not uh nerdy about that it can be Uh and uh very well is you know and very rightfully so is overwhelming yeah it was so funny after our first couple online um services people like garrett you know what are the views and they like they want me to get a report on the views and i was like well, that's a complicated question, you know, like yeah, yeah. there's there's impressions, there's average watch time. And so like at first I was like, yeah, we had um, more unique viewers uh, watch the last couple of weeks than we have um, on, sorry, no, more unique like screens, people watching than we have people attend Sunday morning. And so everyone was assuming that we probably had more people watch our service than attend online because each one of those screens represents on average maybe three people or 2.5 mm-hmm. people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i was like yes but the average view time for most of our services is about 50 percent mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when people come which is probably great for a youtube analytic i, I don't know mm-hmm, i mean 50 mm-hmm. sounds on a 40 40 50 minute that's yeah amazing. of course that's spectacular but people don't walk up and leave halfway through the service at church you know like Someone could have tuned in and then been like, meh, I think I'm going to just go outside now, you know, whatever. Well, they do mentally, though, right? And <laughs> yeah, so all yeah. social media is probably doing is revealing the honesty state of where we're at as, as American Christians. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny to have all these people jump into a world that even I'm kind of figuring out still and want to see all those metrics and, and digital tools and things like that. and use Like, like for example, we, we talked about jumping on Zoom. Like, man, the first week that we were, like, realizing we had to meet remotely, people were sending me messages and emails and, like, how do I set up Zoom? And I was like, um, just so you know, I've never led a Zoom meeting 
in my life. Right. Like, right, right. Yeah. I've done plenty of remote calls, like for grad school, like, but I was just a participant. We've mm-hmm. done some Skype things. I've done them all. I mean, I've done them in different ways, but like, I didn't consider myself like a Zoom expert. You know, right, but like, right. I guess I was because I recommended Zoom. It was crazy. I'm sure you've experienced some similar things. Yeah, dude, I've been thinking about this. So one of our big, you know, one of my big things in our ministry is there, I oversee about 20 people, right, that are volunteers and people that are helping make services happen each week. And it's like I meet, I try and meet with those people uh, at least once a month there and mm-hmm. every single person. So, you know, 20 one-hour meetings spaced out through a month is very doable. Uh, it's, I mean, it's hard, but it's, you know, it's still very accomplishable there. But now I'm trying to meet with each of these people every week. Because so many folks uh, in our volunteer pool are like becoming unemployed or having to deal with hour cuts. And so there's a lot more need of like spiritual pastoring uh, or just pastoring in general of of our uh, volunteer. And so it's like I've got 25 Zoom meetings scheduled for next week. They're just based on like the, the meetings I'm doing, you know, with my volunteer people, the services that we're running for students on Zoom. And then also just our regular like, you know, staff meeting, my one on one with my boss, you know, kind of. Stuff yeah. like that. And so it's like, uh, I have, you know, I was telling you off air, like I just got to this point where now I'm just learning and figuring out which cool backgrounds I can download because I got to do something to keep myself like occupied and entertained with the fact that I have to live on this platform for the foreseeable future. It's such a weird conundrum to sit in because it's like, I love being remote. I love getting to do this kind of stuff because it really makes scheduling, you know, life with my one year old a lot easier. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah. This is a lot of meeting time. This is a lot of, you know, a lot of screen time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not something, it's funny because we've talked a lot about on this podcast, the things we talk about is that, hey, there's pros and cons to like spending all day on the screen yeah. or on social media. Here's the, here's the funny thing that as you're talking, I'm thinking about this really interesting dichotomy between like, this isn't true of every church and maybe this sounds negative, but it's like there were young leaders digital natives and Gen Z's and young millennials who were like, this is how we should move. I'm, I'm fairly proficient in this area, but we, but those churches weren't necessarily letting them leave or like giving them a seat at the table. And then all of a sudden the total week changed and they're like leaning on these individuals like never before. And mm-hmm. it's like, Hey man, like, that's not fair. Like, like a month ago you were like, eh, yeah, great idea with that stuff, but that's not, that's not as that important as evangelism or whatever. And now right, you're right, like, right please help me like whatever you can do to help me get connected online. And it's like, man, like maybe, you know, these young people, I mean, they need places in leadership. It should have been long ago for a lot of churches who were hesitant and now they're scrambling to find people with influence to help them make this shift. Yeah. It's such an interesting kind of perspective because it's been pushing us in this direction of like trying to figure out how we can be efficient with the people that we have. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it takes so much energy and resources just to put on a weekend set of services, right? If you're wanting, if, especially if you're running more than one and it's like social is there, but it kind of just gets used as a dumping ground. But the hard part is like Facebook is wired differently than Instagram and it's set up and you have to respect that, right? Zoom is wired differently than it's set up than Facebook and Instagram. And you have to respect those things and you have to be platform specific in order to get the most out of it. So not only are you still figuring out how to just run one service, right? You're figuring out how to chop up that service and to kind of redo it and represent it in different ways that are platform specific, but more importantly, platform effective there. And that's, that's exhausting, man. Like genuinely, that's that's exhausting for everyone who participates in it. And just because you've had social for a while or you work with younger people 
or you even have experience, that doesn't mean you know how to do all of them and how to do all of them well. Right. And that becomes the big thing, right? That's been the big thing that we've been focusing on in our ministry. Since we started going uh, specifically in our student ministry, going digital only, uh, we've seen a tenfold engagement, right, since that day kind of launched for us. And we've really been wrestling with as a staff, like, what does it look like to do engagement well, but then also intentionally, right? So at first, the conversation is, how can we just dump, dump, dump content there? But then the next part of that discussion needs to really be centered around, how can we create meaningful interactions from that content, right? And it's like, it's going to look different on all of the different platforms. And so you really have to be able to turn that corner, right? For a lot of churches, the whole conversation is just figuring out, how can you create and maintain a consistent content outpour, and then once you figure out that formula for your church that's appropriate, you have to turn that corner and ask the question, okay, how can it become meaningful and how can you help change lives, you know, through the Holy Spirit with that engagement? And it's like that first question is hard enough because yeah. the thinking, practicing, recording, uploading is a process and a beast in and of its own. And then meaningful, intentional dialogue, you know, dude, texting takes forever. (laughs) You know, your Instagram chat groups don't, they're not fast unless everybody's using voice memos. And even then people aren't like, people are kind of meh about it. So it's weird, man. I mean, yeah. Either way, that transition is going to be a challenge because let's say that you were a really good, like you're like, you know, Zoe church in LA and you're like, Oh man, online campus is like huge part of what we are. We have like 40 staff, but then this transition came and those 40 staff would probably consider themselves busy full schedules of online engagement plans and content calendars. And you're like, mm-hmm. now we need you to go three times a day. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I think all the staff who no longer have active roles need to help us go three times a day or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. plenty of churches might be doing that, but you can't expect someone who said, who you've told them the job description, this is your full-time work. Now I need you to output three times as much. Uh, they they can't all rest on their shoulders because one, they've got to do the research and to figure out how do we even effectively go three times a day? Um, and does that work for our community? And and those all those decisions have to be made by some some person and some committee, you know? Yeah, all of a sudden the, the church commons pastor has become the most important person on staff. Yeah, like, yeah, there were a couple of jokes <laughs> last weeks ago that I guess I'm running the church now because uh, we got to scramble and figure out how to communicate everything. You know, that's was, exactly right, man. It was funny. So, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to ask you a question. Yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. What you know, when you think of uh, thing I've been saying is is the church will will never be the same after this, and that that could be big or small. What comes to your mind when you think of this moment in history uh, in our second decade of the third millennium this event happens how do you think this changes the church long term i am overall optimistic uh because i think more churches are going to realize the need for the online push in value right uh where i work we were uh, really getting serious about having that conversation about like what even employment looks like for a a digital media person, right? And how to how to get the most out of that, you know, kind of bang for your buck discussion. And this has only quickened a lot of those conversations. And so what I think um, is going to be interesting is watching like the churches that close doors as a result of not adjusting, right? And kind of mm-hmm. the, the grief that will come as an inevitability from that there. Mm-hmm. But then the churches that do evolve and respond well 
and the amount of people who are going to be saved as a result there. So it's kind of, I am overall, I am optimistic there, but there is a part of me that is sad because I know that, you know, do there are some churches that are barely hanging on uh, and sure. everything is always affected. You know, when people aren't there in person to give, everything gets affected by that and churches are going to close their doors and stuff uh, invariably. Um, but I think overall, uh, right, Brady Shear from Pro Church Tools, their kind of thing is this is a big church communication shift in the last 500 years since the printing press was invented, right? Just the digital yeah. era that we're in. That's the intro, think, yeah. And, yeah, and I think within that era, we have already made another massive digital shift. Yeah. <laughs> there. So, uh, but I, I think this will be the time where we look back and, and when we're old, we'll laugh about it and we'll laugh about the ridiculousness of trying to survive doing church all online. Uh, but I think the other side will be an exciting conversation about where we saw God move and how we saw churches, really the bride of Christ, like evolve to become the digital powerhouse that it's supposed to be as a capital C church. Yeah, yeah, that's, I agree with you 100%. I, I'm optimistic. And, and I've mentioned that I, I think the church will never be the same. And people have, um, some people have taken the stance of defensiveness, like, well, I mean, church stills need to exist on campus. And I, I've always agreed, you know, it's always, it's yes. both and it's, it's physical and digital. Yes. But what this has done, because you look at like, Disneyland, which is near us, they they shut down. That that company does not continue without people meeting in person. Obviously, mm-hmm. Disney, Disney and Pixar, they can't even they can't even uh, they shut down the studio, shut down recording of films. Yep. But churches, for the most part, are continuing within a new format, meaning that even since the beginning, the formation of the church in Acts, we haven't needed a building, we haven't needed the internet, we haven't needed a printing press. Um, the church will, will continue to exist uh, within the hearts of people and how people love on their neighbor and how people spread the gospel. And I think, like you said, this will probably just give churches a better perspective of how digital tools and digital communities can be used to both spread the gospel, but also as local, exist as local communities and local congregations yep, in the context of, of digital space. And, and I think that that'll just help people become more connected to their pastors and leaders and their life group, their fellow life group members. And, and it'll hopefully make church not uh, reinforce that church is not just on Sundays, but it's every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited about that, right? Because now dude, everybody gets so familiar with the digital there. And it's like getting boomers, familiar with zoom in life groups will be one of the greatest things that ever happens for the church there right. as people continue to live and age right and if you, as you continue to not be able to meet because life happens or whatever that like they can still meet online and you can still get some right. form of community right and and as long as those of us who are in church com that world or whatever don't oversell and say hey digital is a replacement for human to human interaction because it never will be not Correct. in our lifetime at least Correct. uh not until we're all just uploaded to the cloud like until those things occur, you know, human to human will always be better there. But this can be a great aid in that, you know, like I know for me, I'm I'm keeping all of my Zoom meetings with all my leaders every week. Once we get back, I already told them like, hey, yeah. this is we're just going to do this weekly and we're just going to connect. Like I don't ever have to go just to, you know, between months with only seeing you once or if something happens. You can't come that day. and We can't meet for two months. Like, dude, yeah. these weekly check ins are easy, easy, easy stuff. And so I'm pretty hyped, man. Let me ask you something um, that uh, it brings up when you talk about it. Do you think that this will will um, kind of decentralize the church? And, and here's what I mean. I, I've had some people say 
um, a couple things that make me think of that. Uh, one of them was, hey, there's plenty of content out there from all kinds of churches people could watch and consume. Maybe we don't mm-hmm. need it as a church. Maybe we don't need to make content. We can just link them, which which to me like is giving another church for better or worse influence over your congregation. But what mm-hmm. you said made me think of like, hey man, I'm, I switch churches. Maybe I stay in my same life group, you know? So is that is that a, I mean, I guess it, it, whether or not it's inevitable, is that a good thing that individuals yeah. might begin to disconnect from their local church as being the, their only source of both community and discipleship? Or can churches, you know, continue to encourage, you know, placemaking and community building within the context of their church? I think they're going to have to, or they're going to die. Um, I think there's a real sharp kind of divide that's going to be happening and taking place over the next 12 to 18 months about what churches are going to do. Uh, I was, you know, I was listening to our worship pastor talk. She was at a conference uh, with some other worship pastors. And uh, I think it was Chris Tomlin who was there was discussing how he was sad that more worship pastors aren't writing more congregationally specific songs uh, that are for your people. Uh, And I think that applies, that kind of sentiment applies really well to your question there, because I think the reason that we need to be making content as churches are for our people there and the entirety of the world is decentralized now. And as a result of that, we need to be taking care of the, whether it's 80, 90, a hundred people or, you know, a thousand plus people that whatever and anything in between that like you have a responsibility to shepherd your people, both in person and digitally. And so I don't think linking to other churches is going to be a thing that's as popular. I think more people are going to step up, even if it's just with a, you know, dude, I use my LG, is it LG Think or LG ThinQ? There, Nobody LG knows. Think, probably, right? Yeah, I think it's the, <laughs> so I call it They've my LG ThinQ. Uh, I use my LG ThinQ G8, right? And just a crappy yeah. little link, cool, flexible tripod I bought from Amazon. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, it's too easy not to be doing it there. And so I think, people will become more faithful to their community if churches are making online content for them to consume, or I think they'll lose it entirely. And they'll go to a place that does both even semi well, you know, Uh, I was checking out my, the, my old church uh, and even their, their live stream, you know, my old church is a couple hundred people, two, 300 people. uh, And dude, they had over a hundred people watching their YouTube lives yeah. there. And like, dude, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of number that you would see, you know, on a thousand person plus church. And it's yeah. like, that's great, man. And so it's like, people are hungry for this stuff yeah. Yeah. there. And it makes yeah. me happy to see churches respond and you have to, otherwise you're going to die. Yeah, I, I agree with, I'm so glad you said that. I agree with that a hundred percent. I was just responding to an email yesterday from a senior leader at our church. And he said he went to a webinar and I don't know which one it was. And, and they said that, you know, we got to be sensitive to content overload, which I, I am sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he continued on to say that there were churches putting out lots of content and we don't we don't want to overload our people. And I responded and I said, uh, I'm sorry, but I don't. He wasn't saying that he agreed with this. He was just giving me the information. I'm like, I don't buy that at all. Like the average person before this spent, the average American spent eight hours online. Our mm-hmm. daily 10 minute video is just a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. Our every other day check-in on Facebook Live is like, that is not going to overload anyone. And mm-hmm. churches should be making content for their people. I've always said, if you wanted to start, start a church podcast and your audience is 20 people or 100 people, great. Like, like that's just reach out to your people. They want to hear from you. They want to be a part of a, it builds community when your worship yeah. leader is a 
doing a video, when your connection pastor is up there, when your teaching pastor is doing a video, that's be beyond content, one-way communication. All, all of a sudden becomes community development because you know that person, you know they care about you. They're talking about things that are relevant to your specific community and your congregation. And so I'm glad that you said that because I, I think that we need to take these tools that allow decentralization and the globalization of information and use them in a way that builds deep community rooted to preferably your place or people who who uh, who know you in a, in a community that you've joined and you know really take it on yourself to to make your own platform online all right josh so what have you seen uh, this week when it comes to online church that uh, you thought was really innovative uh, whether you did it or somebody else and it's been kind of encouraging for you one of the things, probably the biggest thing that I've seen is the way that the youth pastor specifically world has come together. Uh, we've got some really talented people that are in the Facebook groups that I kind of peruse and the way that they have made like graphics that they've given out and stuff. Uh, they've just been giving them for free. They've been putting great content out there that we can like just recycle and reuse. And so that's probably been the biggest encouragement to me that's been uh, impressive to kind of look at is that, you know, I'm in these groups that are well over 10,000 people uh, and just the sheer magnitude of folks coming together to like share stuff about what's been going really well. Uh, the biggest, most practical takeaway, right. I've, I've come across is um, how to protect your zoom meetings. Right. Uh, so what's been happening is there have been people that have been jumping on and doing like these kind of like porn bombing things where you'll be in a zoom meeting and the church or the youth group, whatever will have posted the link on their social and they won't have a, uh, password protection or anything like that. And so people will just come in and spam just a bunch of porn or whatever there. And it's like, that's really traumatizing, right? And I'll guarantee 95% yeah. of people, 99% of people didn't even think about that uh, yeah. until it happens. It ha happens to one person and then everybody knows about it. And so just seeing the way that people have really responded well as a capital C church has got me so hyped for where we're going and what this all looks like. Yeah, man, that's really cool. I'd never heard of that problem. It's something that you know people need to be aware of using these tools. I have seen, yeah, all over, all over Facebook online, people just helping each other out. I'm sure you and I have both seen organizations, even like Google and Zoom, you know, making mm -hmm. all of a sudden making things free. People giving out, you know, all, all these church kind of parachurch organizations giving out resources and stuff, and um, and really coming together. And I think it's been really great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, I think you and I will try to put out a couple more episodes in the next coming weeks as we're in the middle of this. I know a lot of people have a lot to say, so I encourage people to jump into our Facebook group called Third Millennium Church. We love, love, love building community in there, uh, people asking each other questions, helping one another, and really diving in deep. Uh, what does it mean to be the church today, and what does it mean to be the church for the next generation? And um, thanks for listening, and uh, as always, we'll see you in the comments.